Whether you're streaming, gaming, video chatting, or doing it all at once, GigSpeed Internet from Xfinity makes you a multitasking champion. That's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Why is the White House reading Greek history? That's the question that was asked earlier in the week in Politico. Uh, the real question is, why are the top advisors of the Trump administration uh, sitting around thinking about and discussing an ancient Greek historian named Thucydides, who wrote a seminal work about the Peloponnesian War. Now, this is not new, that this uh, historical work, which is one of the most important uh, tracts of military history ever written, uh, it is taught frequently in international relations programs. Uh, It is assigned reading at the U.S. uh, Army War College. Thucydides is one of those voices from the past that is often brought forward to uh, elucidate the challenges of the present. And as you know, I am fond of ancient Greek history and wish I could even spend much more time both reading and studying it and then sharing it with you on the show than I'm able to at this point. But maybe one day in the future, there will be more uh, fulsome deep dives on the subject. But the White House right now, is concerned with the Peloponnesian War. And I wanted to give you some background on it and then talk about what the lessons are that they may be uh, trying to draw from it, or at least looking at the challenges and understanding uh, the historical impulses that pushed the leadership in uh, 5th century BC uh, Greece, ancient Greece, to make decisions that I think a lot of people today would see and and draw parallels to any number of U.S. conflicts in the recent past and just the realities of warfare. So the the Peloponnesian War is not uh, as well known as, say, the war against, and outside of academic and and military circles, as, say, the war against uh, Persian invaders because of movies like 300 and King Leonidas and the 300 Spartans at the hot gates, the pass of Thermopylae, there are some pop culture references to other ancient Greek conflicts. Uh, The movie uh, with Alexander the Great, which as I understand it, uh, and Colin Farrell starring as Alexander, was not particularly good. Um, But you haven't seen a major theatrical production of the Peloponnesian War, and I think that it would actually be a a phenomenal subject uh, for such... Uh, for such a Hollywood treatment, because if you made this into a miniseries, people would see the very uh, clear parallels to many of the problems we face uh, today. And they're problems that are timeless, really. You've faced them all throughout history in matters of war and politics and, and the realities therein. So the Peloponnesian War is, as I said, 5th century Athens, and it stretches on for 27 years, from 431 to 404 BC. So this is cross-generational. It goes on for decades, and it pitted uh, two mighty states, the mightiest states of ancient Greece, the most famous ones, Athens and Sparta, against each other in what became a death struggle, and it ended with Sparta uh, besieging Athens, the city-state of Athens, 
and uh, breaking it off from its sea route as well, destroying the long walls, which were barriers created between the city-state of Athens and its port of Piraeus, which was a couple of miles away. And Athens was never the same really after this. So it started out as a conflict that would have been similar to many others. In ancient Greece, uh, hoplite warfare, which was only engaged in by citizens of the city-state who could afford uh, the armor, the breastplate, the shield. In fact, the shield known as a hoplon is where we get the term hoplite from. Hoplites were heavy armored infantry, and that's what we generally think of uh, shields locked, interconnected, and uh, hoplites holding a spear uh, and also having a, a short sword for thrusting. Um, but this conflict between Sparta and Athens had been building for some time, and it quickly spiraled out of control. And to really understand why people draw parallels between Athens and modern America, for example, and its fight with Sparta, uh, which has been viewed in the context of a Cold War paradigm, where Sparta, it's a land, it was a landlocked power of militarism, and oppression, in fact, the Spartans relied on a vast army of slaves, uh, of helots, to do the, the farm work and, and, and to support this professional standing army uh, in Sparta. And to become a member of that army, you had to go through an incredibly rigorous school that started in adolescence called the Agoge. Uh, so it's almost like basic underwater demolition school for the Navy SEALs, you know, BUDS. But it's buds that you would start uh, when you were a teenager and you never really got out of it. Uh, that Sparta has been viewed in the context of trying to find a, a historical analogy to today as a Cold War enemy of Athens, or rather as a, a Cold War uh, parallel between Athens and Sparta with Athens as the United States and Sparta as the Soviet Union, uh, major land power. Uh, oppression, totalitarian. Athens, of course, with a population, a city-state population that was uh, in, in, only really in, in the same uh, hundreds of thousands, you'd say. And, and the entirety of the Greek peninsula, it should be noted, is the size of a mid-sized U.S. state. So this conflict was playing out predominantly on what is a, a pretty small landmass, although Athens was also overseeing a vast empire at the time. It had city-states that paid tribute to it. It was a naval power, again, bring us back to the Cold War, U.S. versus Soviet paradigm. And it had uh, really vassal states that it could call upon uh, from all across the Mediterranean. So what were two city-states that weren't really that large squaring off against each other also brought in uh, much of the ancient world through a battle that went on for decades. The Peloponnesian War, of course, is named for the Peloponnese, uh, which is a peninsula separated from the rest of mainland Greece by the Gulf of Corinth. Those of you who are longtime uh, members of Team Buck know the Gulf of Corinth is the scene of the great Battle of Lepanto between the allied Ottoman forces and those of Christian Europe in 1571, an enormous naval battle that we will have to revisit this fall on its anniversary. Um, but I digress. So the Peloponnese was the peninsula uh, 
where you could find the ancient cities of Sparta, Argos, and Corinth, among others. And that's part of what we don't get in most of our reading of, about ancient Greece, is that there were other major city-states, Corinth, Thebes, that played a, a role in uh, not just the battle or the, the Peloponnesian War, um, but in ancient Greece's growth and in the major the major battles, including against the invading Persian hordes. Um, but without without question, the two major uh, city states at the time were Sparta and Athens. So you had two great powers of the period, including Athens in all of its splendor with its art, its uh, its culture, its democracy, which of course didn't mean everybody got to vote. It just meant citizens, which was a very uh, a small percentage of the overall population were allowed to vote. But ancient Athens, which is the cradle of Western civilization, was squaring off against Sparta, a militaristic, totalitarian, really, society, certainly authoritarian, uh, in what didn't seem like it would be all that different from previous fights. There would be uh, city-states would fight, and, and it would be over the allegiance of another city-state or uh, a relatively uh, short-term and uh, minor in the historical scope grievance. But the Peloponnesian War, and by the way, it's thought of as the Athenian War by others in it, and Thucydides, who's not just a great historian, but was a general in this war, was in Athens during one of the plagues. So you're, when you talk about Thucydides, and I think one of the reasons why he has so much respect as a historian among military men of today, and, and, and honestly for many centuries, uh, is that, and he was read by, he's read by all the great military theorists and historians, is because he was a practitioner as well as a great writer and historian. He was a general who squared off against the Spartans. Uh, he knew this warfare firsthand. He was there. He lived it. He was a part of it. So you get a very particular view from Thucydides. And I highly recommend if you are looking for a gripping reading that you know is written in historical narrative form but is, is true and is accurate, uh, just pick up the Peloponnesian War. But I think when you look at the, uh, the historians and why they try to draw from this for today and back to our article about why the Trump White House is having meetings, according to this Politico piece, uh, where they discuss just the history of ancient Greece. Think about this. And they have the top military and national security minds in this administration are readers of Thucydides, are uh, history buffs when it comes to ancient Greece is because they they see the uh, this this great power conflict of the time. There are similar dynamics, and in this case, it may be that the dynamic is between the U.S. and China. In the past, people had said it was between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, and looking for similarities and points of comparison. One part of the Peloponnesian War that is uh, so compelling, both as reading and as a means of understanding uh, how war and the politics around it really functions and operates, is that it became quickly a total war. It became a war of annihilation, of extermination of cities, of sieges that ended with the massacre of all inhabitants. This had not been the standard operating procedure on the Greek peninsula in the 5th century BC, but this war quickly accelerated and it became not just a limited conflict between uh, a Spartan 
military that besieged Athens for a period of time. Because remember, they were, these soldiers were on a season that had to do with the harvest. There was a limited campaigning season. And so usually conflicts uh, were limited in scope. This became a total war on the peninsula and across the Mediterranean. It even involved an expedition to Syracuse in Sicily that was disastrous for the Athenians. It stretched on for years and years. You had, during this period, Pericles, the most famous of all ancient Greek Athenian leaders, give his funeral oration, one of the most famous speeches in uh, all history. And when you see how the decisions were made at the time, uh, there was passion, there was patriotism, there were fears about the annihilation, not just of a, a military force, but of the people back home if the military was unsuccessful. Uh, there was treachery, there was backstabbing, there was betrayal by different allies. All of these different factors were brought together in a conflict that was entirely among people who spoke the same language, roughly speaking, had the same culture, uh, and you'd think would be able to settle their differences uh, in a way that would have been much more amenable and much more positive for both sides. But the Peloponnesian War is really, in the 5th century BC, again, 27 years from 431 to 404 BC, would be better described as the Great Greek Civil War. And it was, as I said, a war that turned into a total war, war of annihilation and extermination. And uh, that's why people also look at how did this happen? How did we get, how did they get to that point? And then look for lessons for today. In the context of the U.S.-China relationship, it's, uh, I think, a stretch to find all that much of, of a comparison right now because of uh, many of the economic ties that we have between the U.S. and China, the distance between the two countries. Uh, but people would say in the Peloponnesian War, you had battles waged far afield from Spartan and uh, from Sparta and Athens that were proxy battles, proxy wars. Well, there certainly could be similar situations between the U.S. and China going into the future. But uh, the Peloponnesian War is a if you're interested in ancient Greece at all, it is essential. It is must reading uh, and that the White House is thinking about this, is talking to historians about it, and looking at it as a place for wisdom and perhaps even some answers as to long-term U.S. foreign policy trajectory, uh, I think they're looking for wisdom in a, in a smart place. I think that this is a, a worthwhile endeavor for them, uh, and I'm glad that I was able to give you a little bit of uh, why the Peloponnesian War is of such interest and why Thucydides, the uh, ancient Greek historian, makes for such compelling reading. By the way, if you want a more recent version of this, uh, A War Like No Other by Victor Davis Hanson is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it. We will hit a quick break here, team. We'll be right back. Keep the devices in your home protected from Wi-Fi threats with Xfinity XFi. If it's connected, it's protected. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. 